Have you ever wondered if your electronic device, such as your iPhone, computer, your Alexa, or your Cortana will listen to you? Well, try telling them one of these jokes and see if they laugh. What do you call a pasta across the road? He take the chicken. Did that one work? If not, let's try this one. What do you get when you cross a dog and a vampire? A bungee. At this point, you might be wondering, what the heck? These aren't even jokes. They don't even make sense. Well, these jokes weren't actually written by humans. They're produced by AI. Hi, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Kelly. I'm Michael. And in this episode, we'll be covering the astonishing emulatory abilities of AI and how they're coded to learn the human language. And you're listening to Stay of the Pod, where science meets society. Janelle Shan, a research scientist and artificial intelligence enthusiast, created and trained an AI model to imitate human jokes. Specifically, she used a type of machine learning algorithm called neural networks. She fed the network a data set of 43,000 jokes with the following style like, what do you get if you cross a chicken with a cow? Roast beef. (laughs) It's really not that funny, Michael. But evidently, her AI model doesn't quite seem to understand our sense of humor. And it fails miserably at producing something we would truly find funny. A neural network consists of multiple hidden layers of programs connected by nodes. Similar to neurons in a human brain, these nodes require the correct stimuli or inputs to fire. The connection between these nodes acts as an artificial neuron as an input is run through, and an appropriate output is produced when all requirements are met. Neural networks specialize in finding the strongest connections among a set of data. Deep neural networks take it to the next level by integrating more and more hidden layers. This complexity allows machine learning and can be trained to recognize patterns. This allows a computer to be trained to recognize human tasks, such as speech or language prediction. So what's stopping AI from learning human emotions? Why can't my Alexa recognize when I'm happy or when I'm sad? Well, it turns out human emotion is pretty complicated. We have countless small gestures, cadence changes, shifts in facial features that are often not even the same among different cultures. The way we interact with other humans and change our actions in response is very hard for AI to emulate. Scientists are trying to develop a new branch of AI, emotional AI. By feeding a neural network countless data points on human interactions, scientists like Rana L. Kalubi attempt to capture these visceral subconscious reactions of humans. And companies like Companion MX have created an app that's able to listen to someone speaking into their phone. Then, the app can analyze their voice and phone use for signs of anxiety and mood changes. This ability to track emotions can help improve road safety by monitoring the condition of the driver. Or it can act as an emotional prosthetic for those with autism and find it difficult to recognize emotions themselves. The possibilities are endless. So let's have Michael and Jeffrey go over some more jokes. What do you call a cat does it take to screw in a light bulb? They could worry the banana. What did the new ant say after a dog? It was a pirate. Hmm, even I found that very funny. So perhaps today's artificial intelligence techniques are not quite advanced enough to understand human humor. But what about something that's not funny or emotional? What about something like an excerpt or movie script? Well, that's exactly what Hitesh Nair was wondering. As a huge fan of the TV show, The Office, he was devastated to have finished watching all the episodes. So he came up with a creative solution. Use an AI text generator and create new scripts. Specifically, Nair used GPT-2Small. GPT-2Small is a model that was created by OpenAI, a company founded by Elon Musk that researches artificial intelligence. And in 2019, OpenAI revealed that they had successfully developed an AI model that 
trained a large-scale unsupervised language model, which generates coherent paragraphs of text, achieves state-of-the-art performance on many language modeling benchmarks, and performs rudimentary reading comprehension, machine translation, question answering, and summarization, all without task-specific training. So what does that all mean? Basically, OpenAI had successfully created a state-of-the-art text generator using artificial intelligence. In fact, the model was so effective that OpenAI feared people would abuse it, generating fake news, impersonating others online, spamming, phishing, and many more. So ultimately, they chose not to release it. Instead, they published a smaller version called GPT-2Small. And that's what Nair used to create the Office scripts. Nair fed this model a dataset containing lines from the Office, then asked the text generator model to create new but similar scripts. We didn't believe our $20 budget would be enticing enough for acting superstars Steve Carroll and John Krasinski, but my co-host Jeffrey and I will be playing their parts. Jeffrey will play Jim, and I will be playing Michael. Here's an example of a script that the text generator model produced. And action. I don't know, Jim. She said that. She did. Okay. She did? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Who else? Um, I think we should go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know what? I think we should go to the bathroom. I think we should go to the bathroom. And here's an example of a script from The Office, written by real humans. Okay. Yesterday, we had a meeting about planets. Mm, well, to be fair, Jim, James, Jimothy? To be fair, Jimothy, uh, that sounds weird. Are you okay with being called Jim? I am. Right. Uh, Jim, to be fair, the conversation wasn't about planets. Right. At first, we were talking about introducing a line of toilet paper. And what part of the human body does one use toilet paper upon? So you draw a line from there to the other planets. And I think by the end, we all learn a little bit about how small we are. Yes, I agree. Because it's a big universe. And we're all just little specks of dust. I think that maybe we're just eating large amounts of the day. Great acting, guys. Thanks. I really need the money to renew my Netflix subscription. I'm on the penultimate episode of Squid Game right now, and I really don't want to risk another Trojan virus on that 1-2-3 movie site. You don't have a shared account? My roommate and his friends covered the last five months. Right. I'll Venmo you once we're done recording. We actually don't really have a budget. Hey, you know I can still hear you. Right. Moving on. Although we couldn't invite Carol and Krasinski to this rendition, it's evident that the AI seems to have developed a sort of recognition for their manners of speech. But how exactly do AI perform this? Well, it turns out AI doesn't quite use the same techniques as humans do to learn languages. But before we talk about how AI learns languages, let's talk more about humans. So the way humans acquire languages can be divided into two categories, learning the language as a baby versus learning a second language later in life. When you were younger, you probably didn't even sit down and solve grammar problems every day to learn English as a three-year-old, yet you can still speak and understand the language. This is because children employ statistical learning. They observe an overwhelming amount of information they see and hear, and they're able to notice and make generalizations about patterns in the language using all the linguistic information. Babies and children especially excel at statistical learning, which is why they aren't able to pick up second languages as well as babies when you become older. Social learning is also very important for babies. 
Social learning is the technique of learning a language by social interactions. Whether it's your mom telling you to wash dishes or conversing with your siblings, children gather information from interacting with people. It would be impossible for a baby to learn without such interactions. Meanwhile, second language acquisition is quite different. Adults already speak at least one language fluently, so the way we process and communicate information conforms to a language we already know. When we try to learn a new language with completely different rules, our knowledge about our mother tongue can actually hinder rather than help. Not only that, adults tend to be more self-conscious of making mistakes when learning a new language. Adults are more susceptible to feeling embarrassed, while kids don't feel nearly as embarrassed. So adults may be more reluctant to practice their language because they're afraid of while being perceived as stupid. And of course, second language acquisition is more intentional for adults. Children are able to pick up a language just by consistently being exposed to it. But adults have to actively try and learn a language by memorizing grammar rules, vocabulary words, and practicing with native speakers. Let me chime in a little bit here about my personal experience with learning a second language. My native language is Korean, and I learned English as a second language when I was eight years old, which is still pretty young. But because I was already fluent in Korean, I had to relearn the sentence structures and grammar rules of English. This was very confusing at first. To make a sentence in English, I would first apply the Korean word order to English words. Then I would rearrange these words to conform to the English grammar rules. I no longer need to go through that tedious process anymore. I've practiced English to the point where constructing an English sentence feels as natural as doing so in Korean. But it took me years and years of practice with native speakers to reach that point. So basically, learning a language for children and adults can be pretty different, but they do share some similarities. Both identify patterns in languages through exposure and practice. But what about machines? Well, let's talk about natural language processing, a subfield of computer science and linguistics concerned with computers that process and analyze natural language. In general, natural language processing looks something like this. First, the computer pre-processes the data. This step is meant to clean the data and highlight features that the computer can work with to make the next steps easier. There are several different methods to do this. Some of them include tokenization, which is breaking down a sentence to smaller units, or stop word removal, which is removing common words so that only the words that offer substantial information remain. After the data has been pre-processed, an algorithm uses it to process the data. A popular form of doing this is machine learning, specifically supervised learning. Compared to other ML techniques, supervised learning is more similar to the way humans learn languages. It goes something like this. We give the computer a training set, which is a collection of labeled data sets. In this labeled data set, each data point is labeled with the answer, basically what you want the computer to be able to predict. Then the computer model will go through each of these data points, training itself to find patterns or make predictions. It will compare its answers to the labels provided in the data set, then adjust the parameters of its mathematical equations to make better predictions next time. And finally, the programmer can input even more data into the model to test how well the machine learning model works with the new data. So when we compare this to humans, you might notice a core similarity. Humans deduce patterns from the linguistic information they gather. Computers do something similar, using massive amounts of data to mathematically detect patterns. With natural language processing, computers are able to do some very powerful things. They can summarize text through a process called text extraction, translate one language to another, think of Google Translates, and generate natural language. It may not seem all that impressive at first, considering many humans are able to do this quite easily. 
that considering computers are really just chunks of metal, we've come really far in developing high-tech software like Google Translate. So AI is pretty neat, huh? They can learn languages, human cues, and even humor. They're definitely better than you and I at looking at large data sets. All I get looking at large data sets is a headache. Meanwhile, programs can train themselves to do new tasks and recognize new objectives. Seems like companies are using AI everywhere. Uber for training their cars to drive, Amazon for recognizing consumer preferences, and Research for natural language processing. Maybe one day, AI will make a podcast on human learning. Anyways. Once again, I'm Michael. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Kelly. And thank you for listening to Stay of the Pod, where science meets society. <laughs>